This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this podcast, I visit with John Kastner. John is the CEO at Isometrics a sustainability and GRC software tool. We talk about sustainability in the era of coronavirus and why ESG is even more important now. I know you'll enjoy this podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again for another episode. And today I have back with me John Kastner. I had John on another podcast and uh, in that recording, uh, he talked uh, a fair amount about some of the current challenges that he, his colleagues, and more importantly, his customers are facing around the coronavirus health crisis. So I asked John if he would come back for the compliance and coronavirus health crisis. So first of all, John, welcome back. <laughs> Great, Tom. Thanks. Thanks very much. I, I'm glad I made it to the second round of the playoffs. So you did. Uh, thanks you did. for having me back. <laughs> so, John, the... Um, um, I've been doing this podcast literally since mid-March, and as you might guess, the concerns people had in March were, you know, could I make payroll on April 1? And so we've had a lot of different uh, concerns and challenges, but those challenges have changed, and we're now recording this in early September. Uh, What are two or three of the top questions that you and your colleagues at Atometric Isometrics are getting from your customers, and then what are some of the two or three top pieces of, of advice or counseling you're giving out. Sure. Thanks. Thanks very much, Tom. Yeah, I think it's a difficult question because the reality of it is it depends on the industry. It depends upon the geography and it depends upon a number of different factors. So I wish I had a, a straightforward answer that, you know, answered all of those questions. Uh, directly and clearly, but but maybe that is it, right? I think the theme that we're hearing is, you know, it depends. <laughs> um, now, a lot of our customers um, are, uh, our specific customers are in the natural resources industry. So maybe in mining and metals, or they're in oil and gas or some sort of um, business associated to that. And so, so maybe there's a little bit of a, a difference between what those folks are, are doing and working on versus what maybe a retail uh, establishment or an airline establishment, as an example, is, um, is struggling with and, and how things are different from March to the way they are today. So I'm mostly going to answer it based upon what I know, which is, again, the feedback from our customers. Um, and and for, for them... Actually, the biggest theme that I get from them is we feel like we were the most prepared for something like COVID. 
because of the way that we have to run our businesses to begin with. And what I mean by that is really what COVID is, is, is a massive business interruption. And what it really is, is, is the day-to-day application of what we do, which is provide environmental health and safety software solutions to our customers. And then the companies that we work with, obviously our customers are also in the environmental health and safety space. So for them to manage and mitigate health risks and to control health risks is something that they do anyway and and is a really, really critical focus, especially because a number of our customers, whether they're Canadian headquartered or London headquartered or U.S. headquartered, they operate in developing nations, which have all kinds of health crises that happen pretty regularly in those places. So I think there's a little bit maybe a skewed context in my answer, which is the end of the day, this was really just an application of something that they do um, on a, on a day-to-day basis anyway. And what it then did for them is it actually brought sort of the importance of focusing on health and well-being, not only of your employees, but of the community to the, to the forefront. Um, so, I mean, that's the, the vibe that I get from those customers. Um, flipping that around to some other customers, for example, in the manufacturing industry, as an example, um, we found that depending upon what they do, they, they used it as an opportunity, right? They shifted from producing you know, plastic straws and plastic wraps for food packaging, as an example, to creating personal protective equipment. Um, and so they were able to sort of leverage that as, as an opportunity. But again, that's that particular focus, certainly in the airline industry, in the retail industry, in the hospitality industry, totally different answer, uh, which I don't really have an answer for. It sounds like, uh, or, or I guess perhaps I should ask, it's, uh, it, would it be a fair characterization that the principles that Isometrics puts forward with its ESG solutions can really help be the building block of moving from simply disaster recovery to business continuity to almost business as usual now? I think so, yeah. And I think if we start to connect all of the dots there, Tom, and you really look at what this is rooted in, um, and, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caveat this by saying that I understand that a number of your listeners, Tom, are compliance professionals. So, so obviously I know that complying with the law, complying with company policies or CDC recommendations or whatever else, particularly in the lens of COVID-19, which is, as you said, a bit of a disaster <laughs> that you've got to recover from, uh, a sign of business continuity and resilience, and then sort of moving on to business as usual. Um, like I, I, I get that that is, is an important aspect um, and I think some would argue that having those clear laws and regulations in place might actually help manage and prevent the negative health consequences of COVID-19. But what I would argue, and yes, this is what we focus on in general at Isometrics and what I think more specifically we hope we focus on helping our customers do, is that that compliance focus, it's not sustainable over the long haul. 
And therefore, a risk-based approach is, is the better approach um, to at least have softened the blow and instilled sort of a sense of, re- of resiliency. So, yeah, I think if you take that mindset about uh, a risk-based and an integrated risk approach at the heart, um, and then you can apply that across your business, that uh, we're finding those companies that already had that in place were better prepared uh, for this type of, of situation and scenario. John, the, uh, I used to ask people, well, what, what are going to be some of the challenges in Q3 and 4? Well, unfortunately, we're almost in Q4. So that's probably not <laughs> sure. a timely phrase to use anymore. But the other part is I thought as much as anyone, we'd be out of this by Q3 or Q4. And now we're looking at yeah. summer 2021, perhaps even further out. And so I was wondering, kind of going forward, literally for the next year, are you, uh, what do you guys think you're going to be advising will be to build on the principles you've continually espoused and to use those ESG principles to build out and be prepared for, for and be able to take advantage of a risk opportunity? I think you just you just kind of said it right. I mean, I think if you look at lens to uh, if you if you look at um, something like this or anything, if you look at it from a risk mentality, you typically break it down into two things: it's a threat or it's an opportunity. Uh, and then you could take that one step further and say, actually, sometimes it's a threat and then it's an opportunity. Um, and I think that that is really what the future probably holds in this. This is probably the first of many to come. Uh, And it started as a threat. And I've given a few examples of how people have turned that into opportunity. Um, But I think if you can look at your business more holistically, which is really the topic of ESG, environmental and social governance, right? It's not to look at things in silos. It's to look at the integrated nature of those things. It's to think about sustainability in a different lens and what sustainability actually means. Yes, I absolutely believe that companies are going to be able to use this threat to prepare for the next threat and hopefully be a bit a bit more resilient. And the only way they're going to do that is to break down the silos that probably existed before. Um, I think we talked about this last time on, on the previous podcast. I, I'm reading this great book right now called The Great Reboot. And they actually broke this whole concept down into an acronym that they call STEEPLED. Um, and, and basically it's looking at the post-COVID world via eight areas, social, technological, economic, environmental, political, legal, ethical, and demographic. And that really is the, the root of it. If you look through risk through across that lens and apply it to your business, apply it to all of your share uh, stakeholders, not just your shareholders, I think that's ideally the drive for where businesses will be going in the late COVID, post-COVID world that we live in. John, um, if I could perhaps take a step back and uh, take a little bit bigger picture look at ESG. Um, 
I think what you guys is do is extraordinarily important. Big believer in ESG. Um, a lot of discussion uh, under this administration about ESG, but the COVID crisis has really, I think, uh, heightened uh, the discussion around that. Uh, I see the COVID crisis as really making ESG more important for variety of reasons, which you have touched upon here today. But uh, do you see uh, really an increased awareness for that need, or are, are we in some other kind of different phase of ESG? Before I answer that question, and, and again, just to clarify for some of the listeners who might not know what ESG is, it stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. I think, Tom, if, if we ask, if you ask 100 people that same question, you, you'd probably get a variety of different responses, right? Um which I think actually is the answer to your question. Um, you know, we, we here focus on these, these concepts. Our business motto is change for good, partnerships that empower, and the possibility of a better world. And, you know, to be honest, that's kind of the heart of what environmental, social governance, and really sustainability are. Right. But if you were to ask an individual that a variety of individuals, you know, what that actually means to them would depend upon a a variety of factors. But I would say most people would agree that those things are at the heart of what they strive for. Uh, You mentioned the administration, not not to get too political or social. um, But, you know, all you need to do is watch, listen and read whatever form of media And the themes today are social justice or injustice, equality, inequality, climate change. And if you look at these items through the lens of COVID-19, to your point, I think you just see the application of these concepts. I mean, COVID-19 definitely has magnified socioeconomic disparity. Uh, It has had a positive impact on climate change. But it was what cost to people's and businesses' livelihood, or stating that another way, at what cost to their sustainability? Uh, you know, I think further informing and often polarizing is that the single biggest thing that makes ESG and sustainability so important today, especially for business, um, is the fact that the internet and social media provide a platform by which the truth can be exposed, or perhaps in an even scarier way, the truth isn't actually the truth. Uh, looking, at, looking at that another way, ESG and sustainability are so important today for business because it's the key mechanism to mitigate and manage reputational risk. Um, so I think if you talk to a business person, Yes, absolutely, COVID has magnified the importance of ESG, but there's other contributing factors to that as well. And, and my, my uh, premise is that, you know, COVID is, is just an example of why having a good environmental and social and governance framework for your business is so important. John, unfortunately, we are near the end of this podcast, but I wanted to thank you for coming back and visiting with me again and sharing your uh, views and thoughts around uh, the coronavirus health crisis and what that's meant for your company and your business and ESG. Um, I may have to call upon you again to come back. 
<laughs> Excellent, Tom. Again, thank you so much for having me, and and um, I really hope that your audience gets something good out of this. So thanks very much. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This is the only B2B podcast which brings clear and sane information for both the compliance professional and the business executive. If I could ask you uh, to do one thing, if you could tell one person about this podcast, I'm trying to get the word out uh, about this most unique podcast in the Compliance Podcast Network. So if you could tell one person about it, send them a copy, send them a link, do something uh, to help me publicize this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Compliance and Coronavirus is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network, and it appears Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of each week. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.